There's a famous quote in the church that I'm sure you've heard in catechism classes or during retreats or during some other type of Catholic stuff, Catholic function, because it's been quoted by popes throughout the centuries, different saints, and I think it originally goes back to St. Irenaeus centuries and centuries ago when he says, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God Almighty is man being fully alive. That's because the true glory of God is really shining forth. It shows to the world, it showed itself to everyone in the world when we as his people realize who we are in relation to God and who God is in relation to us. It's that old adage of we have to know who we are and whose we are. The fullness of who we are when we truly live that glorifies God. Think about it in maybe other terms. Think of Christmas morning when the parents are sitting back with these grins on their faces because they see their children just tearing into whatever gifts that they got that Santa left or they pulled from under the tree. Because there's a true joy that the parent gets to experience when they see their child tearing into everything, lighting up, coming to life, if you will, just absolutely ecstatic that they got what they asked for, they got what they didn't even know they wanted, and they get to play with it and just beam with this joy. There's a fulfillment that the parent gets to see. God sees us the same way. He's given each of us particular gifts, very uniquely, very particularly, but we each have those gifts, and when we tear into them, if you will, when we recognize them and then use them to the best of our ability, then God is glorified. Because like a good parent, he gets to sit back in this freedom to be fully joyful and just rejoice that his children are living in that truth and in that love and in that life. But then if that's true, the opposite has to be true. If a child opens a gift on Christmas morning and they're just disappointed, they have no interest in the gift, they don't want the gift, and they're too focused on what everybody around them got, I want that gift, or he got that one, she got this one, and I want what they have, it pierces the parent's heart. Whoever gave the gift, it's heartbreaking to them because they pour all this thought and energy, this pure love into this moment, and they're disappointed. The same thing, too, when we recognize our gift and either reject it, throw it away, get jealous at somebody else's gift, we start to compare ourselves and believe the nonsense lie that the enemy tells us that you're not gifted, you're not unique, you're not special, God doesn't actually care, you have nothing to offer the church, so just give it up. When we buy into that, we do not become fully alive. We die off. We cut ourselves off from the fullness of the truth, the fullness of the faith. God is not glorified in that, and neither are we. We're not exalted, and neither is the Lord. So how do we choose and accept this gift? What the church teaches is that genuine worship of God is not just a responsibility. It's not just something that we get to do as Catholics, but genuine worship of God is a duty. We have that right and that duty to fulfill, not just individually, one-on-one, but it's a social duty, the church says. To some extent, we all have uh, uh, some type of understanding of that. That's why the church gives us this obligation to come to Mass every Sunday. We don't fulfill our Sunday obligation by sitting at home, even watching Mass on TV, unless you're like really, really sick or some extenuating circumstance. When our good friend COVID was around the past couple of years, we saw that when people would come to church and say, oh, Father, it's good to be back, but we really miss pajama church on Sunday mornings. It's comical for about half of a second, but then my heart goes, how sad is that? The church missed you all this time. 
When we choose to be away, we choose to separate ourselves thinking through no fault of our own that we really do fulfill this and become truly alive in that freedom and in that joy when we do it ourselves. We don't fulfill this obligation individually but socially with one another. That's what brings us around this one altar, this one moment of salvation. What was beautiful at the 6 o'clock Mass this evening was our uh, annual international Mass. So we had readings and songs and different, uh, the whole Mass was in different languages. People came in their cultural garb. We had a little taste from around the world after Mass in the Activity Center. Whether you can understand it or not, it's the same God being glorified. Whether we appreciate it or not, whether we approve of it or not, whether we like the food or not, whatever it was, God is glorified because we become fully alive together. But in fulfilling that obligation, that duty, if you will, we don't just attend Mass. We don't just listen to Mass, as used to be said back in the day. You participate in what goes on here. And that's more than just sitting and standing and kneeling and participating in the Catholic aerobics that we like to do. It's more than just opening the hymnal and singing along. It's more than just responding to the prayers. It's more than just listening to the readings. You get to unite your heart with the heart of our Lord Jesus. You get that gift that the Father offers you to be one with his Son in this moment of the Eucharist. You get to be vivified, if you will, re-enlivened by the Holy Spirit. It is a gift from God Almighty for you to be here. So thank you for being here. Thank you for accepting that gift, but let this not be the one and done moment. Let this begin to flow out into every aspect of your life. Because you go through the readings this Sunday, and they all say one of two things, if not both. Light and glory. Light and glory. It's one of those things we hear all the time. Light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. You're the light of the world. And yes, that's true, but it starts to lose its meaning. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, you know how when you just say a word over and over and over in your head, then it just like becomes nonsense and it loses its meaning, and you start to wonder, how did we even come up with that word? Christianity is full of all of those. It's time for us to reclaim it. What does being the light of the world mean? Recognizing what gift you has that helps dispel the darkness out in the world. It's easy to look out into the world and say, oh, it's such a terrible place. You turn on any major news outlet, and it's just terror and sadness and depression. We tend to believe that lie that, oh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. It's a lost cause. No, it's not. Who gets to determine that? Not us. You go to Scripture, the very first pages of Scripture, and God creates and he says, it is very good. Why then can't we see it? Dare I say, because we don't let ourselves see it. How do you see the goodness when everything is so dark around you? Because we don't let that light of Christ shine from within us. We don't fulfill that duty to enliven ourselves, to let the truth of who God is speak through us and speak in us and bring us back to this fullness of life. We have a role in that. The problems we see out in the world happen because people, meaning us, we fail to realize who we are and how we're meant to live. Think about it. Could you imagine what the church, what the world, what Christ the King, what LSU, what Baton Rouge would look like if each and every person in this church really did get in touch with 
what my gift is, what your gift is. Most of the time it's plural, your gifts. Oh, but Father, I don't know if I really have any. That's a lie. You do. God does not make junk. God does not create trash. You are unique and you are beautiful and you are cherished and you have something to offer the world. The church has a place for you. What is it? What do you have to glorify the Lord by becoming fully alive in? Whatever that gift is, recognize it and then earnestly pray to the Lord, help me to see. What is my gift? How do I bring it to light? How do I serve you? How do I love you? How do I give that to my brothers and sisters? Because when you fully become alive in that giftedness that you are, in the life that Jesus Christ has to offer you, I promise you, somebody somewhere is going to benefit. And they're going to be drawn to you. That's what light does. There's an old story that when John Paul II was visiting somewhere, there's this gigantic arena full of youth. It was maybe a World Youth Day. And then as the enemy would have it, in the middle of his talk, working up to the big climax, and everybody's just totally zoned in, the power goes out. So with thousands and thousands of people in this arena, it is pitch black. You could hear a pin drop. Until somebody down on stage lit one little light, one little flame, and the room came to life. Because then another person lit one, and then another person, and another person, if that doesn't demonstrate the light of Christ Jesus piercing the darkness through each and every one of us, I don't know what does. If you want to get an idea for that, come to the Easter Vigil in just a couple months. See what it's like to have the darkness truly pierced by the risen Lord. See what it's like to have your heart come fully alive with the life of the church, the sacraments, the readings, the songs, everything that we do. Let yourself come to life because that is how we glorify God. That is how the Father is praised, the Son is honored, and the Spirit is given His freedom to come down upon us and to re-enliven us. When that happens, hearts are directed to Him. Eyes look to Him. Souls turn to God. And we get a play in that. We get a role in that. Realize what it is the Lord that calls you to. What it is that He calls you to. Because the role of changing the world, solving problems, evangelizing. It's not for somebody else to do. The role of illuminating the world is not for somebody else to do. The, world of, the, the role of saving souls is not for somebody else. It's for you and me and each and every one of us. When we allow ourselves to come fully alive, yes, the Father is glorified because souls return to Him. That's how he is revealed to the world again and again. As the Lord of Lords, the author of life, the giver of all gifts. And if that's how he's revealed to the world, what darkness could remain? What sin could stay? What enemy could stand? Jesus has already won, and he invites us into that victory. How different the world would be if we would just choose that victory. And become alive in it fully. And so my challenge to you this week is to give the Lord the freedom to move and to speak as always, like Father Andrew would say, give him permission specifically to reveal what that gift is that he has given you. Start with just one of them. 
No matter how insignificant or small it seems, I promise you it's not. It's necessary, it's needed, it is beautiful, and it is holy. It's blessed by God, so use it. Allow him to reveal that to you, and then earnestly ask him, how do I put this into motion? We can't hope to do that for ourselves or by ourselves. You have the church to help, you have the scriptures, but turn to the Lord. Let the light of Christ pierce that darkness that feels like it surrounds you and come to life in him. Because then you're exalted because he is. Then you come to life because he is. Then you are glorified because the Father is. Whatever you do, let it be for the glory of God. Because as Jesus says today in the gospel, you, you are the light of the world. Your light must, not should, or could, or I hope it does, your light must, he says, shine forth for the nations. Let it be for the glory of God that they may see your good works and together as the church in all of our giftedness, we illumine the world and glorify God our Father. Thank you for listening. The ministry here at CTK is made possible through our generous donors and golden givers. If you would like to learn more or partner with Christ the King on LSU's campus, please visit ctklsu.org.